0: Welcome back to the Sower Seeds podcast with John Straza, a teaching ministry that will firmly root you in the gospel of God's truth and love. And now, here's John. Praise God. This is the Sower Seeds podcast, and this is John Straza. And today we have a special message for you. I think I say that every time, but... This one is really very interesting when you start to ponder it and pray about it and meditate on it. So I hope you will do that. This is about soundness. And really soundness of mind and soundness of body. And I want to use some scriptures here to talk about what soundness means in our lives. Uh, Somebody may build a home and say it's a very sound home. It means it's stable and it's rock solid. and Those things are good, and that applies here, but there's more to it. The soundness we're talking about also would include a wholeness, a wholeness of healing, a wholeness of freedom, and there's a peace to it. And You are sound, you're sound in your mind, you're stable, quiet and sound, strong, all of those things. So I want to get into that and let you know early on that this is a foundational message. Many of the messages we give here are, but this is this is very foundational in that if you see what God wants for you, soundness is certainly part of it. He wants all of his children sound in their minds, in their body, their lives. And that's what this is about. And I'm going to give a couple of scriptures here that you can look into and spend some time. I'm going to give one example out of Mark 5, the circumstance that happened, and I'll get into that in a minute. But I want to start off with Paul talking to Timothy. This is in 2 Timothy 1 and 7. And Paul writes to him and says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound Mine, And I was pondering this scripture and praying over it. And I thought to myself, well, he's saying God has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear of what? And in those days, because this is the first church, this is a people who are living in a whole new realm. They're living in a realm of grace. And they weren't necessarily used to it. They were brought up in the old covenant. That was a law-based performance-based covenant that they lived in. They lived under the law. And the law said, thou shall not do this or do that. And there was a certain fear that went with that. And Paul was saying, God has not given us a spirit of fear. And that's not all he was saying, but this is part of what he was saying. We live in a new covenant. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power now and of love now. In a sound mind now. We were given this power and this love and soundness of mind because we have this forgiveness of sins. We have this freedom from sin. And we walk in this power and this love and sound mind. And we know, because we've heard the good news, this is what Paul was preaching, that Jesus came and died and took the punishment for our sin so we wouldn't have to And this is a new way of life. For us in the church today, we hear this from the day we're born, practically. We hear Jesus died for us, and we don't have to be punished, and and all of these things. We hear it's kind of normal to us. First of all, it's not normal. It's a major miracle, and it's something we need to look at. But also, if you put it in context with the time in which Paul was living, it also applies that this is a new way of life. It was radical, really. So he's he's telling them, we haven't been given the spirit of fear, the fear of God's anger, the fear of God's judgment. But he's given us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. And what I want to add to this is that the the message that was being given in these days is that the promise of God that was given to them He said he would be merciful to them. He would remember their sins no more. This is a radical way of life. So this really plays an important role here to know what God has done for us. So Paul's saying a lot in the scripture when he's saying God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And a sound mind is a mind that sees and understands what God has done. It's really that simple. And what God has done is he has given us new life. He has made us a new creature. We've talked about so many of these things in so many episodes. This really all comes together here. In this one short verse, so much is being said. But we're focusing a little bit more today on the sound mind. Because when a person's mind is sound and stable and calm and sure, so much health in every way, enters into that person's life. John writes to his people in uh, the third letter of John saying, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. He too here is talking about a healthy outlook on everything. The soul incorporates the mind for sure. And and John is saying, as your soul prospers, as your mind prospers, Your life will prosper, your health will prosper, your work, your family, your home life will prosper. And the only way this happens is by having your mind renewed by the word of God. Paul says it in Romans 12, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And he goes on to say that you would prove, that your life would prove what's good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So you can see that this health this soundness this wholeness is spoken about quite a bit so if we go back to what paul is saying for god has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind he's saying that god is in us this was new too that people lived with god in them this was the first church this was a radical change in the mindset of the average person when it came to their relationship with god Now, I want to move on in a way to show you what Jesus was doing when he walked about doing good. He gave an example time and time again. He gave many examples of what his intentions were for the people that he met. And his intentions for them were always good. Always. He healed some dramatic situations when he was out on the field talking to people and touching people's lives. And I want to bring you into Mark 5. This is extraordinary. First of all, all of Mark 5 is extraordinary. If you use Mark 5 as a study point this week, You'll see many miraculous encounters with God, encounters with Jesus that these people had, and you'll begin to see what Jesus was doing. Now, I want to talk about the woman with the issue of blood. She had a condition where she was bleeding, and it just wouldn't stop. And in verse 25, we read a little bit about this. So let's look at that. Mark 5 and 25 says, Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, so she had been going through this for a very long period of time, and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, that alone is just amazing to think about. And I want you to put yourself into this this event, this story that we're reading, because it's real. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him, and touched his garment. She touched his clothes. For she said to herself, if I only may touch his clothes, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of her blood was dried right up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched my clothes? Who touched me? They didn't understand how how he would even feel that with all the people that were around him. Who touched him? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. And I want you to look at this really clear and start thinking about this. Look at this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, isn't that something? She was healed, but when Jesus looked at her, she was fearing and trembling, knowing what happened to her, that she was healed and that she touched him and did all of this, came and fell before him and told him the whole truth, everything. Now, I want to stop right there and put a little context here. This woman had a condition that caused her to be shamed in her community. If you would study this type of thing in that time in history, that with a condition like this, she was considered unclean. She was not supposed to really be in public and she was humiliated. So, not only did she have this condition that was difficult for her, and not only did she spend everything she had on doctors and got worse, and it says she suffered at their hands. That was another level of suffering she went through. I want you to put yourself in this and start thinking about this woman. This was not a simple story. It's a complicated one. And when this woman heard, which meant she heard through the grapevine, Jesus was coming, and she also heard when Jesus shows up, people get healed. So she wanted to be healed. She was saying within herself, if I could only touch his clothes, I'm going to be made well. I just want to touch his clothes. And she did. She made her way into this crowd of people. I want you to look at this. And I don't know if she had to crawl over or if she just stayed low or just ran through. I don't actually know what she did. But whatever she did, she did it with tremendous faith because she really wasn't supposed to be there. If people knew that she was there, she could have been further shamed and maybe even punished. So this was quite a chance she was taking. Twelve years into this, suffering. But she did go and she did see Jesus and she did touch him. She touched his clothes again, because she said, if I do that, I'm going to be made well. This was the thought that she had in her heart. And let me further say, if she had told that to somebody else, I wonder how many churchgoers would have looked at her and rolled their eyes and said, what are you talking about touching his clothes? What are you thinking? You're crazy. And she didn't care. She had hope. She hoped in her heart, this thought that she had, and I would not be surprised if God put the thought in her, in her heart to begin with, go touch him. But either way. God was going to honor this. And she made her way through this crowd and touched his clothes. And immediately she felt the soundness in her body. It says the fountain of blood was dried right up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Verse 29. And interestingly, Jesus felt it too. He said he knew that the the power had gone out of him. He felt this power go through him and touch somebody. So he said, who touched my clothes? So in verse 32, we see he starts looking around and he sees the woman. He knows. Now he knows. And the woman saw that. She saw him look at her. But interestingly, her response was to become afraid and tremble. So it says in verse 33, but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Now it says she fell down before him. She was probably at his feet and she's telling him this story. She was saying for 12 years, I've had this flow of blood and I've gone to doctors and I have suffered at their hand and I've given them every dime I have. And it was worse. And I thought that if I could just touch the hem of your garment, I would be made well. And what I find interesting is that Jesus stood and listened to every word and never interrupted her. He let her tell her whole story, and he understood that there was a fear and trembling in her. And then he starts to speak in verse 34. And this is what I want you to hear. And I want you to think about what this woman was going through, what was in her mind. She was sound in her body at this point, but she had this fear and this trembling. She may have thought she had done something wrong. Maybe she was afraid of what the people would have thought. Maybe she was afraid of what God would think. I don't know altogether why she was fearing, but she was. And Jesus' first word changed everything for her. He said, daughter, and I know the minute he used the word daughter and and talked to her this way, saying daughter, that her heart and her mind started to become at peace because the word daughter, it was an affectionate expression of love to her. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you whole. And he said, go in peace and be healed of your affliction. And this is a beautiful example of the healing and nature of God. It it just, it amazes me that, that we read these stories and we sometimes we miss what's really going on here. This woman, her whole history, the last 12 years has been suffering with no hope. The money's gone. The doctors couldn't do anything. There's not an answer for me. And Jesus shows up. He comes on the scene. He's there. He's present. And she has the the bravery, the faith, inclination to go touch him, knowing that she'd be healed if she did. She took quite a chance that day. But what compels me the most in all of this, in, in regard to the thought of soundness, when she did touch him, her body was made sound, but there was something left that needed to be healed. And that was her heart and her mind. And when he said to her daughter, Your faith has made you whole. That completed the process of her being whole in mind and body. Imagine how she felt. Try to put yourself in her shoes if you can. Now really probably laying on the ground at his feet. Healed in body, but fearing and trembling. So she falls at his feet and is telling him this story. And I I love it. He, He listens I'll bet you because of his silence, everybody else was silent too. I'll bet you that place you could hear a pin drop. And she's telling her story to Jesus. And he fixes it all. He fixes her mind. He fixes her heart by calling her daughter. I'm your God. You're my daughter. And not only that, your faith has made you whole. And not only that, go in peace and be and remain whole of your plague, your illness. That's soundness. That's complete work of Christ in a person's life. And this example is our example. And the word whole, even when he says, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole, the Greek word used there for whole is sozo. And sozo is a word that is used for salvation, it's one of the broad words in the New Testament. It means to save. Our salvation is referred to as sozo in in the scriptures when Paul is talking about salvation. It means to deliver and to protect, to heal and preserve, save, to do well and to make or be whole and even more. So this story is one that depicts soundness and this woman went away with soundness of mind and soundness of body. And it's a beautiful example, one I hope that you look at. I hope you put yourself in this story and look at Jesus, look at the woman, look at the story, look at what happened. And you'll see that Paul was very accurate when he said to Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And power went from Jesus into this woman. And love went from Jesus into this woman. And soundness went from Jesus into this woman so that she understood power, love, and a sound mind. Brothers and sisters, this is just beautiful, and it depicts the perfect love of God. When the writer of Hebrews said that Jesus was the perfect representation of the Father, this is an example of that. The love of the Father, who called this woman daughter, healed her completely and gave her peace of mind and made her sound. So that's what I have today. That's the story I have to give today. Soundness. And I pray that you look at this and you experience soundness from the love of God. Because brothers and sisters, if you've received Christ and what Paul says here to Timothy applies to you as well. For God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. This is yours. It's a promise. So I thank you for being with us today and listening. And I hope that you take some time in these verses. Please do. And God bless you. We love you. And we will see you again next week.